Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. My name's Dave Wright and once again I'm joined by PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright. Dan, how are you? Very well, thank you. I think it's worth uh, noting that that took you three times to get the intro today. Normally, you're very professional, but this morning you are struggling. Yeah, I'm going to say I've only had one coffee today. So uh, yeah, got the intro right, third time lucky, and uh, we won't be publishing the outtakes. So Dan, great to have you on board and uh, looking forward to another Q&A discussion uh, for our community this week. The question is coming via email from Sarah, and it is, should you specialize or coach at all age groups? Dan, what are your thoughts on this one initially? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? Um, I think it's something that both you and I have done is, is work across different age groups and experience different things. And there's there's probably benefits to doing that and there might be benefits to, to specialising early. Um, what, what do you think? Look, I'm an advocate for mixed experiences from a player development perspective. And I think from a coaching perspective, um, you can only benefit from working across age groups. And, you know, just reflecting on my own journey, I started working with older players in sort of that 16 to 18 bracket when I first started coaching. And then I found myself at various times working with kids in that sort of five to eight bracket, which is always, um, frankly, hilarious and good fun. And they're amazing because... You know, they are so honest and the questions are great and you can have a lot of fun with them. And I think that's the big focus at that age. And I've actually seen coaches go in who, you know, ex-pros, um, who you and I have both worked to, worked with and go in and start working at that under seven and eight age group because they believe that they've got to work their way through the age spectrum in order to master their craft and get an understanding. And I think recently there's been, been publicity from the likes of Craig Bellamy and, uh, and Kieran Dyer as well, just around on social media about how they're looking to do their apprenticeship as coaches by working with younger players and not just expecting to go to first team football. So the short answer for me is yes, I would advocate for um, working across age groups, but I think there's also a few things to cover in terms of the specialist argument as well. Mm. Yeah, I think that the part of the benefit for maybe those ex-pros is they've got kind of all the football knowledge, but then how do you transfer that understanding to, to young players, which is, you know, well, sounds quite transactional, but that that is what coaching is, you know, how, how are you going to help those young people? So maybe for those guys that have played X amount of Premier League games, how can they help a five and eight year old? Because if you can explain it to that, that age group, you should be able to, to work with older players. I think... Um, that kind of de developing that communication skill set is, is something that I kind of worked on working with the young ones and into teenagers and into adults. Like some things remain quite the same and some things are, are completely different. Mm. Um, I think it, it also helped me understand like um, in an elite environment, which I know you don't like that word, but in, like a, in a, you know, a player development environment or academy environment, it gives you a really good frame of reference of like mm. what, what could that player do at 14 and what could that player do at 10. And it's not a direct comparison, but it gives you like a nice kind of bracket of, 
you know what they should be able to do on the, on their weaker foot or what they're outstanding. We had an outstanding dribbler at ten. You know what are you preparing him for at eleven a side game like stuff like that. I think is if you don't have that frame of reference, it might be a little bit more difficult. Definitely, and I think also another topic to cover on this is coach communication. So. I genuinely believe some of the best coaches I've seen work with younger players. Um, and there's often, you know, things like finance or ego or career progression tied to working with older players. And now as coaches, it's great to have ambitions. We all want to pursue our coaching careers and, and uh, move through the pathway of different roles, whether that's going from part-time to full-time or whether that's going from amateur to professional football. Um, but it's also important to think about the benefits of coach communication. So when you're working across the age groups, and again, particularly sort of talking about those younger ones, sevens, eights, nines, tens, you've got to be really clever with your communication. You've got to be really clever with your session design in terms of not overcomplicating it. Often if it's got two goals and looks like the game, that's a pretty good start point at those ages in terms of you know whether it's 1v1s or whether it's um, passing practices that are directional. But if you overcomplicate things and you can't communicate on that level, um, then you're going to find yourself uh, sort of swimming in the deep end and sinking rapidly. And that can be a really mm -hmm. difficult moment. And, and I've been there as a coach where you get get your session wrong and you think oh, I've probably just pitched this at the wrong level or perhaps I perceive that this is going to be easier than it is so it's really important to dip your toe in the water with those younger ones because they will reveal your weaknesses and they'll help you develop as a coach I mean that's something that I think is crucial in terms of developing um, the way you communicate and the way you deliver yeah the session design is very interesting isn't it because to a certain extent all sessions will work with all age groups but you'll have to tailor them you know certain zones and certain touches and um certain amount of overloads and underloads to make sure it works in, in certain situations i think um the personality of the coach will also lead to a certain age group sometimes so <clears throat> um some kind of older coaches that are perhaps seen as old school would see people that work with young kids as quite pantomime and quite jokey and, and um, you know, enthusiastic, and, and maybe the the older grumper one would be better working with the older kids. Mm. But but it's interesting that your personality might be able to work across three or four age groups, or it might work best with you know post eighteen or everything yep. below twelve. Like because your jokes might not work with the the fourteens and fifteens that are too cool to to laugh at your, your rubbish <laughs> jokes. Whereas the the under eights and nines they, they go all day with the rubbish jokes. Yeah. Um. So stuff like that is quite interesting. And, and until you kind of sample all of that, you might not know. So you might stay in your little bucket of working nines and tens, and then you need to try what it's like to work fifteens and up to see to see whether that works. Mm. Um. I also think it's interesting to talk about the different formats. So I, I talked about like. A, a dribbler at 10 and, and what are you preparing him for it's it's interesting to experience the different formats of like a, a 6v6 or a 7v7 9v9 into 11v11 and you know the game is the game so some bits remain true but a, a smaller format there's things that i've noticed that if players can do um will help them get success so if you're good in a 1v1 in a 6v6 or 7v7 that completely can blow the game you know if you're someone yeah. that can consistently pass someone and then if you think about 11 v 11, that's a, a useful skill to have. So like, you know, it's a similar kind of question. How, how, what age groups would you coach 1v1s and what age group would you stop coaching mm. 1v1s? Would you ever stop coaching 1v1s? Like why, why can nine-year-olds quite happily play centre-back, centre-mid, wide, right and at front, but when we get to 12, no, I'm a cam, I can only play cam. Like yeah. that, that's kind of coach's behaviour that's, that's made the players like that. It's, it's, all, it's all fascinating stuff. I quite enjoy that. 
Yeah, I think that's really interesting just around the position-specific stuff because it's very easy for kids to be pigeonholed. And I, I guess this is somewhat of a tangent away from the question, but it's it's one of those things where you've got to be focusing on developing the players. And again, the argument is, does development ever stop? Now, in previous interviews with the likes of McBeal when he was at Liverpool, and he's obviously gone on to Rangers and had a pretty interesting career since that interview for the magazine, uh, you know, he was talking about that there wasn't a huge difference, but there is a performance element, obviously, and, and perhaps with first-team football at the very highest level, there's jobs on the line. But you've got to create an environment where players are always learning. Even Ross Barkley recently coming out saying he felt like he hadn't really been coached until recently under Sarri at Chelsea. So really interesting to hear professional players and professional coaches at the highest level talking about that desire to be coaching, that desire to keep learning and creating sessions that do that. I mean, I would say that at the highest level, there still is very much a place for working on 1v1s and working on those things because A, players enjoy it, and B, you're still working on strengths to ensure that you can deliver those in a performance. Um, so going back to the question, I think looking at how you're going to better yourself as a coach is about sampling those kind of mixed experiences and saying, well, okay, today I'm going to, well, this year maybe, or this season, I'm going to go and test myself with a group of under-14s, and they're teenagers, and they're different, and they're going to be perhaps some more socio-cultural elements going on around them than there would be with under-8s who are learning the game and having a lot of fun and enjoying their experience. Um, but regardless of age, that sort of element of fun, that element of uh, developing an environment with trust, and some of these key ingredients which we've written and, and sort of uh, spoken about a lot, I think are crucial. I think they go across the ages. And, and I guess one other um, really interesting point, which was from another recent interview, which will be published on the website very soon, was Stuart English at Birmingham City. One of the questions I said to him was around the idea of what are some of the key attributes or most important ingredients of being a good coach. And he talked about the idea of putting on a performance. And every time you go out and coach, you're putting on a performance for the players. Now, Stu's somebody that's worked across age groups uh, from you know pre-academy players right through to under 23s and has got a vast amount of experience across them. But regardless of which age group it was, the game looks like the game and, and you're going out to deliver a performance and make sure you're putting on your best for the players. So regardless of age, I think that's a really nice piece of advice. Yeah, that's really good. I think um, maybe a different way to interpret the question would be specialising in, in certain elements of the game as well. I think you're seeing that with the England coaches now. So you've got in-possession, out-possession. Yeah. Um, there's, there's set play coaches that are, that are knocking around. Um, maybe, maybe that is the future of the game. And, and for you to be a specialist in that area, maybe you will have to understand what it looks like throughout those age groups. So rather than we've, we've interpreted the question or the question is more of a leaning to should you coach under seven or should you coach adults and specialize? Mm. Maybe it should you specialize in counter-attack. Should you specialize in um, 1v1? Should yep. you specialize in how to um, def defend with a low block? Because the way the game's going, like you said, that the first team players want to be coached now. They want to they wanna still develop. I think gone are the days of like you reach the first team and that's it you're you're you know you stopped your, your development journey and you just you're set mm. i think the stories and the, and the conversations that, that we're having with people are showing that even guys that are 28 29 still want to pick up little bits and still want to develop so maybe those people those coaches sorry they've experienced working with eight nine tens like your your mm. mick beal have still got that attitude of hey you can still get better like we can Absolutely. improve your non-dominant foot or we can improve your runs or you know, your timing of how to find those pockets of space. And maybe 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. You reached the first team at whatever, 22, and, mm. and that was your journey and you, and you learned from the game. But it's quite it's quite an interesting question. It'd be interesting to see if there's any people in the community who've got a kind of a, an opposing uh, 
point of view. Yeah, definitely. And I think just a, a great point from you there around the different areas of the game. And obviously, when you look at opportunities in football, so if we talk about people who are looking for a career, and perhaps Sarah is looking for a career in the game, you know, you and I have worked with people who perhaps have got themselves into positions because they're an expert at video analysis, you know, and they've worked their way up through because of their ability to analyze, to break down, to clip, and they've got a different set of skills. There may be people who have an educational background as teachers and end up in sort of educational and welfare positions within clubs. Um, and we've also interviewed the likes of Sean Reed, who's a former first team coach at Fulham, who very much specialized in bringing sports science and his football uh, coaching ability to working with prehab and rehab uh, groups within the first team and, and the sort of under 21s environment, which was a specialist role in terms of rehabbing players in a technical sense whilst they're coming back from injury and making sure they're still getting on the ball, but managing that. So a couple of great bits of content on the website was Sean, both in the form of an interview with him and a uh, masterclass video, both worth checking out. So, you know, it is an interesting uh, angle, uh, specializing whether it's age groups or whether it's different areas of the game um, is something to consider but obviously having different experiences would be something I would advocate for and working in different environments with different people you're always going to pick up ideas any final thoughts on this one from you to wrap it up mate yeah I think maybe um, Sarah needs to have a think about what she's passionate about so you know if she wants to be the best under 16 coach then maybe she should spend time with the under 16s but also you know down to the 14s and up to the 18s mm. that would help you understand the pathway and even maybe we haven't talked about it, but maybe looking into different sports and yeah. um, you know what, what what are the best sixteens doing in rugby and in archery and in, and in golf? Like there's things that you're going to pick up, and that will make you a, you a better coach. And maybe that specialism will come once you've experienced, like you said, all those other things. Absolutely. Well, Dan, thanks for your time, and we wish Sarah all the best with whichever path she goes down. Thanks very much, and we will look forward to another player development project Q and A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.